Kind of funny, everybody's yawning today. I want to call your attention to one of the most overlooked pieces of art in this church. It's right behind me, to my right. It's the icon of our mother of perpetual help. Some of you might not be able to see it very well, but I'll, uh, I'll describe it a little bit. I don't know if you've ever taken the time to really look at it and really contemplate it or even to know the story behind it. The icon itself depicts Mary holding little baby Jesus. On the top left side of the icon is St. Michael the Archangel holding a lance and a sponge. On the top right side is Gabriel the Archangel holding a cross and holding nails. The story behind this icon goes a little bit like this. It depicts Jesus, little infant Jesus, after having had a bad dream, or at least one that frightened him as a child, or maybe even we could say a vision of sorts. And this vision, or this bad dream, concerned his own crucifixion that would come many years later. That vision of the angels holding the instruments of his torture, his suffering, and his death, and the lance, the sponge that was offered to him to drink, the cross, and obviously the nails. And in his humanity, especially as an infant, this would have scared that little infant baby Jesus a great deal, especially at a young age, seeing such a sight and knowing that he was God and sort of knowing that that was going to be something that he would have to do later on in his life. It scared him a great deal. Think of even later, as a, as a man, having gone through life, even in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was a little bit scared, you could say, or a little apprehensive, we could maybe say. Remember, Father, let this cup pass from me. If he was that apprehensive the night before he died, as a mature adult, imagine just how scared he would have been as an infant as an infant, as a little child, seeing those things. So what does little baby Jesus do? He runs to his mother. He runs to his mother Mary. He runs so fast that you can even see in the icon one of his shoes is falling off. That's how fast he is running to be with his mother, to be with Mary. He wants his mother so badly. After having this terrible vision of his own impending torture and death, he runs to his mother. And it really depicts such a tender moment. And all of you who are parents of young children, especially mothers, know exactly what this is like. Being able to give comfort to a little kind of helpless infant, a little toddler, a little kid, it's one of the most beautiful things you can do. Sometimes the timing is not ideal, but it's a beautiful thing to be able to do, to come you know, cuddle with mom and to have mom give you comfort and give you consolation when the kids are, scale, are scared. Just being close to mom or even dad is enough because they provide strength, they provide comfort, and they provide love. And Jesus was looking for those human consolations in the story of that icon. He was looking for them from his most holy mother because he had that most intimate connection with her, being fed and nourished 
and comforted and loved by Mary. And obviously, hopefully we have that same level of connection with our own mothers, but we must especially have that connection with our blessed mother Mary too. We must run to Mary in our times of tribulation and distress because in doing this, Christ shows us that we should follow after him. He ran to his holy mother in a time of great tribulation as an infant, and we ought to do the exact same thing. I can think in my own life, there was a particular moment in my seminary formation that was particularly distressing to me where I was most scared for my future. At least my vocation was most uncertain. I wanted to obviously be a priest, but the future was a little bit muddy at that particular moment. And in my own heart, my instinct was to go to the chapel and to pray to Mary, to entrust my future vocation and my life to her. And I prayed to Mary, I specifically prayed that memorari prayer, which is one of my favorites. I pray it every day to entrust my biggest intention of the day to her, to put it at her feet, to ask Mary to be the one to intercede on my behalf before her son. And in that moment in seminary, it brought me a great deal of comfort and relief, and thanks be to God, those prayers were answered. Today we celebrate that title of Mary as Mother of God. That's really the theme of this feast. And we know that Mary is the mother of Jesus, and Jesus is the head of the body, and we are the rest of that body, and so in a sense, she is our mother too. You wouldn't just be the mother of, of, of a skull or a head, you would be the mother of an entire person, the mother, the entire body. So we can go to her with that same urgency, that same speed, and the same distress as Jesus did, but we can also expect the same treatment from her, comfort, solace reassurance, and peace. Mary won't eliminate the trials and tribulations that we face in life. She didn't do it for her son. But she will give us hope that we are loved in the midst of them and provide the strength to get through whatever it is that we are dealing with. That's what a mother is for. That is what mothers provide for us, and that is who Mary is. She has all of those qualities and spades. And she helps us when we are most in need. So let us pray today that we can take Mary as our mother, not just today at the start of this year that we, in a sense, dedicate to her, that she stands uh, at, at the pinnacle of our year, but to claim her every day as our mother, as mother of God, and also as our perpetual help. May we go to Mary in all times, especially in times of tribulation, that she may comfort us, care for us, and love us just as she did for her son.